This is Blurring the Lines with Adam Bell and Peter Nicolaitis, IT entrepreneurs. Adam and Peter take on the topics of technology, business, life, and the pursuit of happiness and blur them together in the 21st century. Good afternoon, good morning, or good evening, and welcome to Blurring the Lines podcast, episode number 114. I am your host, Adam Bell, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Peter Nicolaitis. How you doing, Peter? All things considered, doing pretty well, Adam. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Good. And then joining us today, we've got Bill Wright. How you doing, Bill? I'm doing very good. Thank you much, Adam. He hails from uh, Columbus. Yeah, Columbus from Pickerington, Ohio. The the yeah the city name that nobody can spell until they see it spelled and they're like, oh, just like it sounds. Ah, So we know Bill from our our marketing group days back when Peter was still in the group and. Uh, Bill and I are still in the group, but not in a group together. <laughs> I'm actually not in a, in, well, I'm still in the marketing group. I'm just not in an accountability group in the marketing group anymore. But ah. Bill is. So, so you market, but you're not, um, but you're not accountable. Well, no, I've got a marketing department now with a, <laughs> and they're accountable. <laughs> and, and I can't believe that the words came out of your mouth that Adam's not accountable. <laughs> well, I mean, I was just wondering, you know, like I, I, I was expecting him at any point to say I take no responsibility to just follow things up. But, you know, yeah, uh, Adam's one of the most um, accountable people I know, I think. So it's 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 kind of annoying at times. G- so. Guilt and shame. I try to not hold on to it. Yeah. <laughs> More accountability. <laughs> let it go. Just let, let it go. go. So, well, cool. Well, all right, Bill. So then, uh, you know, you're joining us here. We're all over the country. Uh, so Peter got me to play a game last week of Munchkin. Have you ever heard of Munchkin? No. You've heard of Dungeons and Dragons. I've heard of that, yes. This is kind of like a card game of that. Uh, It's a lot, well, I wouldn't say it was a lot. It could be time-consuming like Dungeons and Dragons and with who you're playing with, but it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's way simpler. Way simpler than D&D. Yeah, simpler. Yeah, so you don't have to roll your characters and all this stuff. I mean, you do build your character as part of the game. Mm-hmm. But but it's fun. I think the first game we played took us two hours. I think so. Second one took us less than an hour and a half, and that was you know social. Yeah. But I mean, the second game was really quick, actually. But uh, but yeah, it's fun. It's Much a good. Yeah. We found a way to make it work over uh, Zoom or video conferencing or or whatever, and you know there are there are some disadvantages of things here and there like trying to give peter a card um it is he has to write it down <laughs> yeah and, but it works and, out well i mean it, yeah. it, the, the thing is like it's a card game so you have decks of cards but it's not like poker where they're you know if if you have two aces of spades someone's getting shot yeah <laughs> you know, it's, it's okay to have duplicates of the cards so you know we either just make a note saying okay peter's got this card here or if i happen to have it handy in my discard pile i'm like okay i've got that card mm-hmm. but it's not it's not designed to be played online but it translates really well yes it um, yeah it's a fun little game it's you know fun for the whole family but the trick is you really need at least three people to play Mm-hmm. So when we played, it was either um, me and my girlfriend and Adam or uh, Adam's daughter. And, you know, so we tried to get at least uh, three folks in and, um, and you have to have a, a copy of the deck. So mm-hmm. you like the game. So it costs like 20 bucks we got okay. on Amazon and, you know, it was like next day delivery for Adam and it took me two days to get it up here. So highly recommended okay. though. It is one of those games though, that you wouldn't want to play with a jerk, like a friend. <laughs> <jerk>. <laughs> it, it's fun. See, see, Peter plays 
ornery, but he's not a jerk. <laughs> but he's like, what would happen if I did this? <laughs> oh, no, no, no. It's not if I did this. It's what would happen if there was a wandering monster who just wandered by. (laughs) So he's not a, he's not a jerk about it. He's, he's having, he's having fun, but you could really like, if you wanted to pick on somebody, that would be a game that if you had, you wouldn't want to play with your nemesis. They would. But but even if Robin and I would not want to play this game because she she likes to annihilate me in games. (laughs) (laughs) But here's the thing, though. Even if you are playing with your nemesis, there's stuff that's built in to compensate for that. Because, like, one of the things is at the end of your turn, you have to have only five cards in your hand unless you have a card that modifies that. So if you've got, like, eight cards and you're at the top, you either have to play those cards, and if you can't legally play them, you have to make a charity donation. You have to give them to the lowest player. So all of a sudden, you're like, well, you know, you're in last place. So here, have some cards. <laughs> and this can really make a difference. Like, you know, I was like, the idea is to get from level one to level 10, you know, as you advance through the dungeon. And um, I don't think it was, maybe it was the last time we played. I forget. But I was like level one. And then two turns later, I was level eight. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, it can turn around really quickly and you can you can descend just as fast. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> it sounds a little bit like um Disney's new villains game and it, I've played it once with Robin and Zoe and it it took like 2 hours to figure out the rules of this game. It's it's not yep. bad once you figure out all the rules and stuff. Um but it's kind of similar like that you just never know what's going to happen and when you think you're ahead all of a sudden somebody's like taking you out so <laughs> keeps you on your toes yeah 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 so they like to play that game they won't play clue with me because i always win so but <laughs> now, do you play old classic clue or do you play the new one with superpowers or what we pretty much the old um classic clue game Okay. Um, I think there's a Disney version of it that we, I mean, those type, but they're all based off of the old, the old. I played, I played Clue, I don't know, maybe five, ten years ago. And it was all like, you know, like once per turn, this person can, you know, teleport or what. I was like, what the heck is this? <laughs> I have not played that one yet. So. <laughs> yeah, like they, 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 all of the characters have new, and, and they're all like young and hip looking now. Oh, okay. That's like okay, sure, whatever. <laughs> yeah, there, I think there's even a Harry Potter version of it, or something. There is, like that. yeah. There is a Harry Potter version. I like. We play the classic. I mean, ours is an it's a new one, but it is a classic remake. You know, right? So, yeah. classic characters and you know all of the same stuff. So I, I like it. I like the. I, I, I love to play Clue, but. Yeah, others don't like to play with me. They tell me I, I'm the nosiest, most observant person they know. Is that the idea of playing the game, though? I mean, yeah. so Bill's really an old grandma. Uh, <laughs> I've been called that. <laughs> Major excitement. Yeah. Cool. So, All right. So, Peter, you had a number of things that we can chat about. Uh, why is Windows 7 in there again? <laughs> again? <laughs> again slash still. Well, I wanted to get your opinion on this. And uh, I think I know Adam, but, you know, since we've got Bill here. Um, and again, Bill, uh, we didn't get uh, You've never been on the show before. So, like, 20 words or less. Um, what is your occupation? And uh, what do you guys do? And who do you do it to? I mean, for? <laughs> well, um, the company name is WCI Technology Solutions. We are an MSP in the Columbus metro area. Our focus really is with family-owned businesses. We've actually just um, kind of figured that out after going through some marketing that that is the target that we do very well in and have a lot of expertise with. So if you're a family-owned business in the Columbus metro or Ohio market, we're the we're the MSP to talk to. Excellent. All right, and so, MSP. Most of our listeners probably know because Adam and I talk about it regularly. But managed services provider, IT services, yes, computer related yeah. stuff. 
Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. All of that. All of that. And more. And more. Okay. So uh, do you have any clients who are still running Windows XP? No. Do you still have any clients who are running Windows 7? There is one. one. I have one on XP. We you found have one. Yep. Really? Yeah, okay. we found two. I mean, yep. two, two XPs in the same client. Office. I, I've got a seven. <laughs> yep. I, we've got uh, XP embedded definitely in some of the hospitals for sure, but not, not widely deployed. Let's just put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, and we sent out notices last year for all of our, to all of our clients who still had Windows 7 saying, yo, you know, you got a choice. You can either pay for extended support or upgrade these systems or replace them, right? Um, so one of my larger clients, like not, it was pretty quick turnaround. All of a sudden one day said, um, can we do remote access? We talked about this last week at Adam, you and I did. And, uh, very quickly we were able to spin up, you know, VPNs for everybody and deploy them. And while I was doing that and I'm watching these systems connect, I just observed like, you guys are still running windows seven. So I just shot a note to the, uh, to the controller there, the chief finance officer, and said, uh, so what's the, what's the deal? You know, we, we, we talked about this ad nauseum last year, and you had a plan to upgrade to Windows 10, and you asked us questions, and we asked you more questions, and then as often happens, the conversation fell flat and nothing was done. So now that you have all these laptops, you know, or, which you're spinning up and sending home, to these users and they're completely unprotected and you're opening up your home networks into, you know, your work network. What's the plan? Mm-hmm. And the, according to the IT guy on site, well, they're running antivirus, so it's okay. <laughs> so I'm going to stop for a second and I would just like to let you guys run with that bill specifically since you're our guest today. How do you respond to that? Yeah. Any, any, anything and everything on a computer is layered security. So one thing by itself, no matter, even if you're completely up to date with everything, is never the catch-all. Um, and it's kind of like the old days when everyone thought, well, I have a Mac, so I'm immune to all of this stuff. You're never immune. And you know, Windows 7, I mean, you're not patched, so there's, there's vulnerability there with the patching that are, that's not going to be taken care of antivirus is it's nothing it's not going to help you makes no difference and they're probably what are they running mcafee uh actually no (laughs) one thing is we do supply them with sophos endpoint and while i'm I'm fairly confident in sophos that's great um my my analogy was windows is a microsoft manufactures doors windows is your screen door it is full of holes. Sophos is a fly swatter. <laughs> While it's pretty effective, and you can sit there and swat all those mosquitoes as they come through, this is not a tenable long-term solution. <laughs> all right. Also, I said, you know, like patching is like seatbelts. You don't not buckle your seatbelt because you have anti-lock brakes on your car. Mm-hmm. Right. It's, it is layered security. And just to say, well, I have that one, so I don't care about this. And, you know, like I say, it's like, well, we don't need a sprinkler system in this, you know, giant commercial building because a couple of folks have fire extinguishers. You know, it's, it's not the same. And, mm-hmm. you know, I tried to make these analogies to the folks and I try to be as gentle as possible. But I got to tell you, after I've told the same client the same thing, like five times, I start to lose it a little bit. <laughs> I was like, you know, this guy, you know, this, this guy specifically, he's a former auto mechanic turned computer guy. <laughs> he's not qualified to make these decisions <laughs> to tell you what's secure or not. You know? so, anyway, so that was, that was my day, but that's why I brought that up. Um, so just a reminder, if you are running Windows 7 and you absolutely cannot, not I don't feel like, but if you absolutely cannot get rid of it, you really, really, really should purchase extended support to get security updates for it because Microsoft is still publishing patches for these, which means there are still new security vulnerabilities coming out which are targeting your computers. And if you don't have these patches, you will still be exposed to these problems. So it doesn't cost much. It's cheap. It's like, 
I need to remember it's like 60 bucks a year for a computer. Yeah, it's like it's not very much at all. It's not much money to do it. It's the path of least resistance if you're going to keep Windows 7. But to not patch this is simply irresponsible. And you're just begging to be hacked. So I'm going to step down from my soapbox now. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and, I, and I've had to, you know, we, we did talk about this recently, is I've had to explain the risk of them using Windows 7 because in some cases we've got, we've got people remoting in with Windows 7 computers that, is, that are outside of our network. They're not necessarily our client's network, but this is the user's computer. And we, we, of course, we will not install VPNs on there. We will not put their computer on the network. Mm -hmm. But we have conceded that we will put TrueGrid on there, which is making a connection and an RDP connection. So that computer doesn't, you know, doesn't exactly touch the network with mm -hmm. that method. You know, yep. I'd also feel a little less comfortable using like LogMeIn or something, mm -hmm. you know, because you can pull that off, but you still have file access and there could still be some transfers over the program of a smart hacker that's got to log me in exploit. I don't, you know, I don't know. So, mm -hmm. so yes, I mean, we, we have some out there, but we're telling them this is a risk and we make them acknowledge that it is a risk. And they say, well, we don't have a choice right now. It's either that or no work. Mm -hmm. And, but they agree these these can't exist. And yep. I mean, giving them at least, you know, making them think about it for a minute is <laughs> useful. You know, this thing is, and again, we've talked about this just like I think last week. Um, accepting a risk is not the same as ignoring a risk. Yeah. Right? You know, if you put some thought into it, maybe even do a little, <laughs> I don't know, math and uh, calculate <laughs> like what will cost if we do this and what it's going to cost if everything goes to hell. Um, you know, just think about that for a little bit and then you accept the risk and you say, yep, we understand. We have no choice. We're going to have to do it this way. That's not the same as blah, blah, blah. You guys take care of all of our computer stuff. You know? <laughs> yeah. You protect. That's why we pay you. That's why we, we pay, pay you. That's right. right. <laughs> yeah. And I've made that analogy too. It's like, you, it's like you hire a bodyguard but then you insist on walking down dark alleys with $100 bills hanging out of your pockets, listening to your giant Beats headphones at full you know, blast, and then you're like, why didn't you protect me from those guys who jumped me? Like, well, we tried. We tried to tell you not to go down the alley in the first place. <laughs> right. <laughs> anyway, there you go. Okay, back off soapbox again. All right, cool. <laughs> There's a lot of jumping. <laughs> well, I'm, channeling, I'm channeling Adam in his CrossFit utility, you know, CrossFit routines there. Oh, so we got. I guess we'll we'll have to mention some things about COVID nineteen, at least like from the standpoint of oh, of uh, things that we're doing. Yeah, like like I said, you know, COVID nineteen podcast. Every podcast is now a COVID nineteen podcast. I know. That's what I said to Billy. He said, "Well, what are we go talk about today." I said, "Well." We're not, we might not talk exactly about COVID-19, but everything that we're doing because of COVID-19. It's related, yeah. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> it is. We're all at home. Oh, we're all working from remote. Oh, um, <laughs> nobody has any toilet paper. That's Don't not true. Don't, <laughs> Don't shake with your left hand. <laughs> so, that's, so that's the it was, E. coli hand. <laughs> I did go to Wegmans yesterday, our local uh, store, and uh, oh, it was yesterday the day before, day before I think. Um, and the the shelves, I would not say they were full, but they did have toilet paper again. So there yes. was stock on that. Um, I did not see, because I've got plenty at home, like hand sanitizers or Lysol or disinfectant wipes. I didn't check those. Um, yes, yeah, that, that's like almost impossible to find. Yeah. But, um, you know, yeah. I, I have like a couple of gallons of bleach. I've got a couple of liters of hand sanitizer back from when uh, I was practicing jujitsu and Krav Maga every day. I would take some and I would get little travel bottles and I would fill my own little travel bottle. So in my gym bag, I'd always have some there you go. after rolling around with a bunch of big, smelly, sweaty guys, I would go downstairs in the bathroom cause they didn't have locker rooms and I would just lather up my hands full of the hand sanitizer and then just give myself a quick, 
rubbed <laughs> it. <laughs> and, uh, you know, that worked. So, they, so they always thought you were drinking. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I, you smell good. He smells like vodka all the time. <laughs> time. But, so, uh, cheap yeah. alcohol. So let me tell you a toilet paper story. <laughs> it's, it's not well. So I went to uh, my, my property out in Perry County, which is, you know, 90 minutes from here. And I stopped at the Dollar General. Long story short, I got toilet paper and it says on it, equivalent to 32 rolls of paper. And I'm like, well, how many rolls are in it? And I open it up. 32. And there, there are eight. That's all big equivalence. <laughs> so I'm like, how does each roll of toilet paper equal, you know, four times the volume when these look like regular toilet paper rolls to me? <laughs> I was like, that's funny. Anyway. <laughs> but I so thought it. Punchline. I mean, yeah, how is it? Uh, it's, it's, it, it wipes just fine, <laughs> but I don't feel like I just got four, four times the ply, but it's That's equivalent, but yeah. <laughs> because I actually, I mean, I didn't even count them. I was like 32 rolls. That's a lot of toilet paper in that little small package. And then, uh, I got home. It's like eight. Huh? <laughs> yeah. It's new math. Alternative fact math. Yeah. We'll sell you 32 rolls of paper. Maybe you've already been buying the the um, equivalent sized in other brands, and you didn't know it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, stuff like that. When I hear claims like that, it just makes me, you know, when I say like, yeah, we'll give you 32 terabytes of cloud storage. Yeah, it's really eight, but that's the equivalent of 32, right? <laughs> that's equivalent. <laughs> it's compressed. You, got, you remember the days of RAM doubler and disk doubler, right? Yeah. Compressed. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that'd be awesome. Yeah. My my bill is only gonna be eight thousand dollars. Cloud doubler. <laughs> <laughs> I will double your cloud. There we go. Oh brother. So what's going on in Kentucky? So it well, actually I mean, I don't know where he got his uh his his uh whatever he he released. Uh it was actually so the who was the Department of Justice of Kentucky released uh, the scams that are now associated with checks from COVID nineteen. So the government is sending you your what thousand dollar check, twelve hundred dollar check, twelve hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars. There's all kinds of people calling to help you make sure that you get it. Yes. <laughs> yes. So I, I thought about it. I need to. I really need to share this information with with everybody in, in my list uh, because it is good because uh, yeah I mean so they do have some good points there you know that the the IRS is never going to call you they're not going to send you things in the mail so it says the IRS will deposit your check in direct deposit which you have already provided them when you've done your tax returns yeah. or they will send you a check yes well, and they said they will not call to ask you to verify your payments. <laughs> Did you receive that $11 I sent you? Why, yes. No, <laughs> <laughs> no can you send it again? But yeah, and here's, here's the other one. Or they say, you know, if you receive a call, don't engage with the scammers or thieves. Just tell them you know it's a scam and hang up. <laughs> this is a scam. Hang up. Hang up. You're out of there. Uh, texts, emails. The IRS is not going to text you. They are not going to email you. And I like this one. I, I, I love the old uh, bogus checks in the mail, you know, for an auto. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, did you hear also there have been a number of scams uh, related to things like people have been sending uh, teddy bears with USB thumb drives in the mail. Yes. Like postal mail. So Robin Robbins is not the only one who believes in mailing people stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah. Scammers are still sending that too. And he's like, oh, it came with a teddy bear. Of course I can trust this USB drive and plug it in and infect my system <laughs> with whatever was on it. So, well, and don't forget, I mean, 
to if you want to really scare people a little bit more um you can actually put malware on a usb power cord oh yeah you know so you you get a an anonymous power cord <laughs> yeah i have no idea what you're talking about yeah <laughs> throw it away <laughs> no. yeah but they make they make little power condoms though so that you can get yeah. something which is just a it's a lightning in lightning out or usb in usb yes. out it's just a male to female cable, but it has all the data pins neutered. So it's just connecting the power it pins. Is. Right. Yeah, I've got one right here that I got from my last uh, Robin Robbins event, I think. Yeah. Uh, and so you can I trust whoever gave it to you? Well, I don't know that I can. That's exactly it. I don't know that I can trust them. I don't know these people. <laughs> ah, good. You're learning, young Padawan. <laughs> that's why it's still in the package because I have like. I need to plug it up to something and see if it does anything, but I don't, I don't really want to take the time to find a sandbox. And well, there you go. Like, what do you have that's disposable? You know, you got to plug it in on a disposable machine on your disposable, um, you know, red zone network and then you'll be all set. Yeah. And then nothing happens and you know, nothing, happens, nothing even, happens. even if nothing happens, I would still uh, restore that system from the backup before I plugged it in. Even if even if nothing happens, nothing happens. Yeah. <laughs> nothing happens is a good is a sign of Look a good over actor. Here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right, what else we got? All right, so Zoom, Zoom, Zoom. is yeah. I mean, at the the number two topic of all things of COVID nineteen is Zoom. <laughs> Stock price is at uh, one hundred twenty three thirty two. Last I checked. Man, I wish I had bought it at a dollar or whenever it opened. Yeah, yeah. I almost bought some yesterday, but it's around the same price. So, uh, yeah, so Zoom Video Communications. By the way, that is not uh, Z-O-O-M, ticker symbol. It's Z-M. Z-M. <laughs> uh, apparently, NASDAQ stopped trading on Z-O-O-M because a lot of people were buying it thinking it was Zoom. Uh, so... Um, what what is actually Zoom? What is actually Zoom? Zoom is actually video conferencing software. No, no, I, I meant the... Oh, the oh, Zoom, the other one. The other um, one. I, I don't even remember. Hold oh, on. okay. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't uh, go there, but I, I was doing searches for it, and I saw Zoom, and I said, I don't think that's... The, I don't think that's the one because there's too many. And sure enough, it was the obscure ZM. Yeah, okay. Uh, oh, but I did just hear re related to that as I'm looking at, you know, to look up what uh, ticker symbol Zoom refers to, I see that Corona beer stops production. Corona, they stopped production? An hour ago from uh, CNN. Because production of Corona is being temporarily suspended in Mexico because of the coronavirus pandemic. The company that makes the beer, uh, Grupo Modelo, yeah. Posted an announcement on Twitter stating it's halting production and, and marketing because the Mexican government has shuttered non-essential businesses. Um, so oh, I didn't realize that that's Anheuser Busch. I should have known that. So that's um, that's Anheuser Busch. Yeah, Modelo, Modelo, and Pacifico. I didn't know that either. Yeah, yeah. I mean, because so. well, yeah, I mean, because they make Negro. I mean, they make some of my favorite beers. I don't like Corona. I mean. Yeah. I, but, like, but they, I never did like Corona beer. Well, but they didn't. They said, you know, like, oh, Corona's coincidental name with the virus hasn't dented sales, they say. <laughs> well, that's good. That's good. So it's not because of coronavirus that they're, well, it's, it is, but it's not because of the name. So, yeah. Okay, fine. So, um, so yeah. Anyway, back to uh, what, what is Zoom? I don't know what Zoom is, <laughs> but the, the other Zoom. The other Zoom, NASDAQ, NASDAQ ticker symbol ZM, Zoom, um, Zoom.us if you're using it. It's video conferencing software. And there's been some issues with them. Um, they've made some claims about the security of their platform. Um, some of it is just due to popularity. And they've also done some rather shady things that sadly everyone is doing. So, so really quick, one thing is they had claimed that the um, – communications in a Zoom conference call, like, oh, by the way, this one, we're using Zoom, mm -hmm. um, is end-to-end -end encrypted, meaning that nobody could snoop on the communications and that you could use it for a genuinely secure 
call. That turns out not to be the case. It, there are sections of the, um, the, the, the conversation which can be intercepted by a third party or by Zoom itself, which means that, say, if the government shows up with a warrant and says, we want a call of Adam and Peter and Bill, and you know, we want a copy of this publicly available podcast, uh, they could you know, <laughs> get a copy of it. Um, the other thing is that Zoom, like so many startups these days, was sharing all kinds of data with Facebook. Even if you didn't have the Facebook app installed on your phones. So now I deleted my Facebook account a couple years ago now, and I deleted the apps all over it. More on that later. But um, essentially, if you, even if you have a Facebook account, in theory, you could give yourself a little bit of buffer from the eye of Sauron that is known as Facebook, which is you know, following you everywhere by not having the app because then the app can't get any of the analytics data from your phone. Unless, of course, the app, a different app, in this case, Zoom, is collecting that data and then handing it over to Facebook. Ah, thank you. <laughs> which Jim. is exactly what they were doing. Um, yeah, so Zoom, yeah, that's one where like if I, you know, met their president and stuff like that, it's like <clears throat> full on, full on smack upside the head. Um, it's just scummy, but I'm sure that it's in their terms of service, which said, yeah, sure, give us all, we may sell your data to third parties and Facebook is the biggest third party out there. Um, they claim to have stopped this practice since then, probably because they've got enough money now since their stock market is, you know, stock market is going through the roof. They don't have to sell all your data to Facebook. Um, but on top of that, the uh, Boston FBI uh, a few days ago, earlier this week, released a uh, notification about this trend known as Zoom bombing where people, since a Zoom call is really just nine digits, uh, people would just start punching in, probably automated, but you could do this by hand, um, zoom.us slash, you know, join.zoom.us slash whatever, insert nine digits here. And odds are, eventually, you're going to find yourself in a call. And then, especially now, because Zoom is taking over the conferencing world because it's a little bit cheaper and it's easier to use than things like WebEx and some of the you know other commercial contenders. So, um, one of the biggest things that you know they said is get this: put a password on your uh, your your Zoom meetings. You know what an idea, but that's hard, right? You can't just put a public message out there. Um, so I think we put a link, if not, I'll put a link in the show notes to that. But, uh, Ars Technica also had, um, a, uh, an article this week about like tips that you should know. You know, I think it was like five tips or essential security tips that you should have. And I've been working to let some of my clients know, you know, some of these things because everybody's just like in a race to get home, you know, grab a laptop. Oh, you've got a home computer. Use that. My neighbor next door. She's using an old Macintosh and she's using that to connect into, uh, to do work. And um, she's a therapist and the data going back and forth, I'm pretty sure should be covered under the HIPAA high trust, uh, high tech act. Mm -hmm. And I don't know that her home personal laptop has been vetted in any sort of way by her employer to make that fly. You know, sounds was like, these are not the precedents that you want being set, you know? Yeah. So anyway, that's, yes, a shameless plug, buy yourself, you know, buy computers for your staff if you expect them to work from home. Um, Try to do that now though. Yeah. You can't, good. Find, you can't find a computer. Good luck. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I got I, some used, I got some uh, leftover uh, spare laptops and desktops right here. I'll sell you cheap. <laughs> <laughs> Some of them are in pretty good shape too. So, um, but anyway, so we'll put links in the show notes to some of these things, uh, you know, tips on how to work securely. A lot of this is really just basic security best practices, you know, like 
Don't fall for phishing scams. Don't believe stuff that you get. Keep your systems patched and updated. Where have we heard that before? <laughs> uh, you know, use a VPN to get into the corporate network. Don't just open up remote desktop at the firewall and let it float, you know, flood in. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of these things that, you know, I sort of take for granted are, you know, just like basic practices that you can use to protect any network, not just people working from home. Yeah. But, and you have to do it all the time, every time. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so like perfect example of that this morning, I got an email from from one of my clients who's the the uh, controller. And he sent me an email saying the CEO needed his email password. And I said, no, what's, what's his cell phone number? And, and I already knew his cell phone number. And he sent me a cell phone number. I'm like, okay, so this is really the controller. I said, but I'm still going to call, but because I wanted to make sure that he had the the CEO's correct cell phone number. And I called the CEO, and it turns out it was it was all legit. Mm-hmm. But it's those kind of things you, you have to do every time, not just sometimes. <laughs> right now, wait. So the CEO was asking for whose password? His own password or the CFO's? His own password. password. He didn't know his own password. Okay, so he was asked. And was he asking for his password or was he asking for his password to be reset? Yeah, he, he wanted his password, which I couldn't provide him. And okay. I, I said, well, <laughs> I, have to, I have to reset it. But uh, I, I, Just checking, I, I, you know, because we see that a lot. We're like, oh, yeah, you have my password, don't you? I'm like, no. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes we do. I mean, we document, like, when, a, when we create a new user, Mm-hmm. We document that so that mm-hmm. we have it for initial settings. But mm-hmm. after 90 days or whatever, it's gone. I mean, it it's useless. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We uh, we tried to get out of the uh, business of storing people's passwords a long time ago. And, you know, use a password manager. We are not your password manager. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's it's for our convenience. It's not, it's not for theirs. Like, right. <laughs> I don't even think I know any of my passwords anymore. Yeah, because yeah. It, they're generated by Password Boss. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah. I don't know passwords, and I don't know phone numbers anymore. Yeah, I know phone some numbers. phone numbers. So. Yeah, F- phone numbers. I, I I started to forget a long time before I uh, started to forget passwords. So. Yeah. Uh, oh well. Moving on though. Oh, so, have you guys seen the um, Office three sixty five phishing too that's been coming out? Because you know Microsoft changed all the names. Yes. Okay, in in the middle of, I mean, what a great, like, plan that was to <laughs> keep that going. Um, and now we've got clients that are like, is this legit? And the phishing attempts because of the name change, people trying to, to get What name your- change? Um, they changed the Office 365 lineup name. Yeah, Office for Office 365 and Microsoft 365 and oh, yeah. Essentials and Premiums. Yeah. They rejected yeah. all those names. Yeah. It's like Office Premium is now Microsoft 365. Right, yeah. (laughs) And Basic is now Essentials, and Essentials is business. And and like, what the? The other thing with Microsoft is they're stamping Azure on everything now. Yeah. Azure used to mean our cloud, like AWS. That was our cloud hosting service. It doesn't mean that anymore. Well, sometimes it does. Mm -hmm. But it can mean all kinds of other stuff that has nothing to do with the cloud. Mm-hmm. Ah, but well, you know, they got something that's working. Let's, you know, get the most out of it. Everyone likes Azure, so let's use that everywhere. Like, oh. yeah. I mean, they're they're jamming it all together now. The, the user manager for Office 365 is now in the Azure portal. I mean, they've yeah. jammed it over there. It's no longer its own thing. Yep. I've seen that, but that really is in the Azure portal. There's 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 like on-prem stuff called Azure. Yeah. <laughs> I, oh, it drives me nuts. Would you like an Azure mouse? Sure. <laughs> Give me two. And I've got an Azure compatible keyboard too. I was going to say, can, mean- I, can I have my Azure mouse in the cloud, please? What does that even mean? <laughs> <laughs> they're jealous oh, of Alexa. You know, they're, they're <laughs> <laughs> So speaking of tracking things in the cloud, so I mentioned one thing I said was like about deleting Facebook and stuff. Uh-huh. Um, I hate to say it, but 
I think it's starting to look like all of my efforts to block Facebook out of my life have been in vain. <laughs> because just the mere fact that, you know, things like Zoom, but also cell phone location services, um, there are companies that are hoovering up all this data and turning around and selling it to things like the government, the Googles, and the Facebooks. Yeah. And uh, so we have this article, I linked to it, and the title is uh, Video Shows Cell Phones on Florida Beach During Spring Break and Where They Have Traveled During the Coronavirus Outbreak. Awesome. <laughs> New heat map using cell phone location data shows terrifying consequences of Florida's beaches remaining open during the coronavirus pan uh, pandemic. As you can see in the video, cell phones on a single beach in Fort Lauderdale during spring break were selected, tracked, and then seen sprawling all over the eastern half of the country, potentially spreading the virus even further. The video was created to show human movement during the coronavirus pandemic and uses data collected by a location technology company called Xmode, which then put them into Tectonics data visualization platform. Uh, moving on, blah, blah, blah. Point three, your cell phone gives off a ton of data. And while this type of data isn't specifically linked to your identity, it's incredibly easy for anyone to re-identify people to their phones. And they also go on like this information now, it's essentially, it's out there. And uh, I remember I was telling, um, you know, a, a friend of mine a few years ago, like he was turning off all the things. He had this brand new at the time iPhone 7 and he had turned off all the things that made it an iPhone 7. <laughs> and I was like, why are you doing it? Well, I don't like tracking. I'm like, they can still track you via seller. Well, I don't like it making, I don't like making it any easier for them. Like, you make it sound like there's a bunch of people in the back room sitting there slaving over these calculations, dude. It's, <laughs> it's automated. It's just being done. And I'm afraid I've come to that same point where, like, the, the only thing is, like, by me not having the Facebook app and not logging into Facebook, I know I'm not losing any time to Facebook. So I'm mm. not falling into the time suck. <laughs> but what are you losing time to? Meditating. Oh, okay. Exercising. Uh, anything but Facebook. And I have to say, anything but Facebook is probably more productive than Facebook. <laughs> so, so I'm okay with that. Yeah. So, so, so the Peter Nicoletta on my Facebook's not you, huh? Um, there may <laughs> still be, there were two. There were, there were, I had two accounts. I deleted one and I just abandoned the other. Okay. The, the one that I abandoned was the one that I used only for controlling my um, paradigm uh, consulting Facebook page. So that probably is still me. Otherwise, okay. it may be a cop in Toronto. Um, <laughs> it, could be, it could be a number of others. I really don't know. So, but if it's got me, the one from my, you know, my like leaning in uh, photo from uh, my book, my book, quote unquote, then yeah, that's, that was me sort of, but not really. So. <laughs> sort of, but not really. Sort of, but not really. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't, again, so like there's being tracked, etc. We all know, I've talked about how I don't like that. Um, but the whole part about like former Facebook executives coming back and, or coming coming out years later saying, yes, we deliberately experimented with manipulating your emotions and would deliberately put stuff into the, you know, to make you feel bad so that you'd want to come back to Facebook looking for more dopamine and stuff like that. It's just inexcusable. And, you know, so I refuse to deliberately be part of that. It's just sick. So, yeah. so that's why, you know, I'll, I, I don't see myself going back to Facebook anytime soon. Um, you know, maybe after Mark Zuckerberg is, you know, dragged out into the street and drawn and quartered, sure. Uh, but until that point, I'm staying clean. <laughs> yeah. Not that I have a strong opinion on things. Um, never. <laughs> <laughs> well, I kind of, you know, I kind of look at the uh, my phone as like my electric alibi because <laughs> because I try to do things. I mean, I try to live my life in the up and up. And if they say, "Well, you were in Florida killing somebody," I'm like, "No." Nope, I wasn't. You can track my phone. <laughs> Until, of course, that data gets compromised and faked. The, the, yeah, the, <laughs> then there's that. But, <laughs> but until then, you're doing great. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
or at least you feel you are. Yeah, right. That's it. That's the, and that's really isn't that more important? <laughs> How do you feel? <laughs> you know, I feel great about what oh, I feel. Yeah, awesome. I feel fine. Well, and you know, our girls have always been tracked on their phones um, since they got their phones. I mean, we didn't. We we said we track you on your phones. We can see where you are, and they've always known. So it's never been really a problem and a privacy thing for them because mm-hmm. they know. And of course, I know that my girls and my wife know exactly where I am all the time. And, you know, from an accountability standpoint, that shouldn't bother me. <laughs> where, where are you? Are you down at the, are you down at the pub again? Yeah. <laughs> we did, we did that with our kids and it came in handy. You know, when Drew drove across the country and decided to take a shortcut and ended up in the, the most remote area of the continental United States with no cell service. Death Valley or Alaska? Oh, that was years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, cool. So let's see. Yeah, what else we got? Well, um, Bill, you want to talk about anything? I I don't know what I would want to talk about. Um, (laughs) I... Yeah, I mean, the coronavirus thing's got everybody kind of in a in a tizzy. Everyone's scared to death, um, uncertainty. And I guess really what I'd kind of like to throw out there a little bit is to realize that business hasn't really changed that much. There are some industries that are really being hurt hard, but they're finding new ways to do what they were doing. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think... Yeah, as we come out of this, I, I just I think there's going to be some fundamental changes of how America, how the world works. But I think there's going to be a tremendous amount of opportunity for for that at the same time. So yeah, yeah it's really I, the, the big message is don't let fear get you to a point where you're afraid to do anything. You know, act, do something. Don't just sit back and say you're too scared to death to do anything. Mm-hmm. So, well, and I think I mean the the, the whatever the cliche word right, is to pivot. Right now, it's right. time to pivot. You know, if you're if you're a lo- the owner of Logan's or that chain, you know, I saw where they had to lay off thousands of people uh, because those restaurants can't operate and they can't make they can't make the same volume doing to go. So they're going to have to make an adjustment on how they do business because, you know, we don't know how long this will last. I mean, it it has to have an end, um, but we don't know how long it will last. But the thing is, it's like, well, in that particular uh, example, how long would it take them to retool to be able to serve food in a different manner? And then, you know, two months from now, they, they have to go back to normal. Is that work worth it to them? And every, every industry, every company is going to have to decide that and figure yeah. out what it is. Yeah. yeah. And, and they're going to have to do like what you said. They may be completely, it may change the industry and, you know, change the way that they do business going forward, good or bad, hopefully good. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, hopefully they'll learn but, something. But it's kind of what I was saying. I mean, but they've made a decision. You know, they've 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 assessed everything. They figured out what they've had to do, so that they survive. You know, so that they yep. can you know be back when this is all over. Yep. Um, I've seen a lot of companies or a lot of people where they're they're afraid to they're afraid to close. They're afraid to lay off. They're afraid uh, to send any. I mean they're like traumatized and mm-hmm. and now's the time for the leaders to kind of lead through that and make the decision and sometimes it's not going to be easy and sometimes it's going to be pretty painful but make it and and move forward and Don't and this back. isn't the first time that we've seen you know changes it's i i would say it's probably one of the biggest you know shifts that we've seen you know a long time but there's a lot of businesses that have shifted from physical to virtual, right? Um, I wouldn't say that they happened as quickly <laughs> as this mm-hmm. one, right? But um, it's it's pretty rapid change for sure. Um, 
But I'm also interested, though, in um, like, well, one thing I was talking with a, a colleague this morning about how it reminds me back in the day when, you know, you got your internet connection at home and you would just plug it in and boom, your computer is on the internet, publishing all its services and no firewall. Mm -hmm. And then these worms and viruses started spreading throughout the internet. So what would we do? Oh, there's something running on port 3389. Well, let's just close down port 3389 until this all blows over. And then we'll open it back up again. Yeah. Eventually that became, how's about we just close down everything except what we actually need to have open? Right. And I can't help but think that, you know, what we used to do walking around in the produce store, just picking up whatever you want, taking it out in the car, <laughs> eating it right there. It feels like we're doing some of the same. And I'm just wondering if that's going to stick, you know, is fresh produce going to be a thing of the past or is the way it's presented today going to be a thing of the past? You know, will everything be packaged differently? Will we handle stuff more carefully always moving forward you know and like i've got i got four cardboard boxes sitting inside because i got to ship some you know machines off the trading into apple um you know i let those boxes sit for a good long time before i brought them into the house <laughs> so and then once they were in the house they got sprayed down with lysol is this going to be the new normal you know i mean it probably will be for a while Yep. So yeah. on that note, I think we should wrap this up. Adam, you want to do the honors? Tell folks how they can get in touch with us and maybe Bill? Sure thing. Okay. So we do want your feedback. We would like, if you'd like to discuss a particular topic or you have questions or concerns about what we have talked about, then you can drop us a line at www.blurringthelinespodcast.com. You can also meet well, you can't find Peter on Facebook, but you can find me on Facebook <laughs> and you can find, <laughs> but you can find Peter at, at one of his websites at paradigmcc.com or yogawithpeter.com, or you can find me at www.sublimecomp.com and Bill, give us your, you, your URL. It is www.wcitech.net. Okay. Licky technet. Licky. <laughs> yeah, the uh, one was much longer. This one's easier. So. Yeah. <laughs> the right solution. We fix your computers and we like you, period.com. Something like that, yeah. <laughs> Especially if you're in Columbus, Ohio area. Yeah. <laughs> Slash question mark pound sign paypal.com. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, Peter, on that note, I will push the big red button. To contact either us or our guests, visit BlurringTheLinesPodcast.com. If you like what you're hearing, do us a solid and subscribe to our podcast. And leave us a five-star review in iTunes, Google Play Store, or wherever you found us.